0: Welcome to Working Gratitude, real people, real gratitude at work, with your host, Darren Hollingsworth, Chief Gratitude and Accountability Officer at Odonata Coaching and Consulting. The Working Gratitude podcast was launched in 2012 to stimulate dialogue and conversation about research-based best practices of gratitude in the workplace and ways that gratefulness is expressed via philanthropy. These brief interviews with successful leaders from a variety of professional environments will encourage and inspire you and give you ideas about how you can start working gratitude. Thank you for listening to Working Gratitude. Now here's your host, Darren Hollingsworth.
1: Hello and welcome to Working Gratitude. I'm your host, Darren Hollingsworth. Thank you for joining us today. My guest is Melody Moore. American soprano Melody Moore has performed in roles with opera companies from San Francisco, New York, Atlanta, England, Los Angeles, New Orleans. And in the next year, she will appear with Houston Grand Opera and Minnesota Opera. She has appeared regularly with the San Francisco-based New Century Chamber Orchestra, with the Fort Worth Symphony Orchestra, and with the Bavarian Radio Symphony A graduate of Cincinnati Conservatory of Music, Melody is a former Adler Fellow of San Francisco Opera and a participant of the Marilla program in San Francisco. Upcoming roles of interest include Electra, recordings of Fanchula del West, and Madame Butterfly, and a debut of Wagner's Brunhilde. Melody has been working as a sole proprietor for about 12 years now. She travels a ton, is a new mommy to a two-year-old puppy. And Melody and her wife live in the San Fernando Valley, where they thrive instead of survive, which is a theme that I love about her. Yeah, mm-hmm. I am particularly grateful for Melody because almost seven years ago, I had the distinct pleasure of hearing her sing "Happy Birthday." to me, in front of a small, intimate <laughs> audience at a special venue in San Francisco. And yes, there's a story there. We struck up a fast, great, and grateful friendship, and she was among my first guests in the original run of Working Gratitude. Melody, it is so great to have you back with me today and to get an update it's on super. how you continue Working Gratitude.
2: It's uh, it's mind-blowing to hear the introduction because one might forget all of the, the things that led them to today, and I, as I listen to you, I have tears, uh, mm-hmm. remembering that special night. Uh, mm-hmm. I was just there to, to be with friends, and I met a new one, and I'm just grateful today for that to to be here. So it, it <laughs> thank was, you, David. It, it was a
1: it was a night that I have um, relished many times, and, and we'll talk about how. Yeah. That friendship developed and your career developed exponentially after that night and after our last Working Gratitude interview. And normally our conversation covers some basic questions. What are you grateful for at work? What challenges have you faced at work? Um, and shifting from the the work itself, how does your expression of gratitude come forward in the community? Because our listeners can listen to your archived episode Previously, I want you and I just to be able to to talk about this in the present day, and I, w- I will yeah. start back with that question: What are you grateful for uh, surrounding your work today?
2: You know, this morning before we before we decided to to get together, or before we got together and and uh, did this interview, I was looking around the house and I was thinking about gratitude and just pondering you know, talking with you and just thinking about the last time. And my eyes fell upon this portrait that had been given to me by a director some, oh God, 20 years ago. Uh, I was a student still at Cincinnati Conservatory. And uh, this director uh, had given me the opportunity to sing uh, the leading role in Suora and Puccini's Suora Angelica. And I had not since been given an opportunity at my college. Uh, It was a great, big college with a lot of competition. And I just hadn't had that opportunity yet to actually branch out and express myself. And I looked at that and I thought, you know, she has since passed. Um, She had terrible bouts, uh, a couple with with cancer. And then I I, I looked at um, the signatures that were all over this portrait that she had given me of a nun and she had everybody sign it. And I realized that she had written on there in Italian, the one it's a uh, L apostrophe U N A, the one mm-hmm. Luna. Mm-hmm. And I had never really seen that, but like I had seen it today. And I guess what I am most grateful for today is opportunity that comes through other people's belief in you, when maybe you don't even know what Mm. you're capable of doing yet. Wow. I was a student. I didn't know what this would lead to at all. And Puccini became a calling card for me. And as you discussed earlier, the Tosca that happened in San Francisco was a Puccini opera as well. And it it really marked my life. And she wrote to me on that, on that uh, portrait that I was the one you know, oh. she saw me as the one. How beautiful. And I, uh, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for her, but she believed in me when, uh, when the rest of the university were looking at other, you know, other people to cast for that role. And she said, absolutely not. We have to have her.
1: Oh, how wonderful. Uh,
2: so I am grateful for that portrait and for her and for all those people that, that made that happen in this tiny town in Italy over, over a summer it was incredible
1: how wonderful and I, I, yeah. I that's why i wanted to be able to just kind of uh, visit with you really about this stuff today because i knew that that um you have a you ha- you live this you live with a grateful yeah. heart and it it comes naturally to you and to be able to just look around your house and and be in that spirit, and be in that place, and tie it so directly to this conversation. I, I knew, yeah. as before, let's talk about that a little bit, that you mentioned the, the Tosca experience in San Francisco. That happened yeah. um, not that long after we did our last Working Gratitude Conversation. Am I correct it's about true. that? Yeah. It
2: was pretty fast after that, which...
1: Share with our listeners kind of what that. happened. I want to hear it in your words. I watched it happen on Facebook, basically, almost Facebook Live at the time. I don't think they even had that. But um, tell, uh, share with our listeners what happened.
2: Uh, I was at uh, you know, the San Francisco Opera, as you mentioned before, was a training ground for me. And I was in my last year of a training program at the time that I met you. Um and saying your happy birthday, and then right after that, I was covering, or what they call, it's an understudy position, was uh, covering or understudying the lead soprano in the opera Tosca, and uh, you know it's a it's it's a big role uh, comparatively with the one that I just mentioned before. It's a larger, longer. Uh, uh, list of obligations. The the role is just a lot more notes. <laughs> and I had studied and studied and was prepared and I had been I had been practicing in the chorus room and, you know, doing all the things I thought I should be ready. But uh, this was opening night of the season of San Francisco Opera. No small opera piano. program,
1: right? Yes. <laughs> a big opera, well renowned opera. No,
2: it's like Yeah, I mean, it. it, One would never think that they might be called upon on an opening night because opening night of a season is when everybody comes to see. All the industry shows up to see whomever is cast in that role, and then to also uh, critique it. Or maybe um, the uh, critics from the local paper are there. They write about the the production in the newspaper. You know, it's not one that a soprano would miss and Angela Gorgie was the soprano on for that evening but she became very ill in act 1 and i was uh i was watching from a closed circuit television within the opera house and i saw i saw her become very shaky uh physically shaky her hands were shaking mm. and uh she had to be rushed to the hospital she was having a, a bout of some sort of a food poisoning oh my goodness! and Uh, She got very sick, and they held the curtain, and I went on Mm. for Acts 2 and 3 on opening night, Uh. having never sung it with the orchestra, never rehearsed it with an orchestra, and never staged it. I had to just walk on.
1: (laughs) I I remember literally um, hearing from friends that were there um, how— much anticipation there was about you when they announced that you would be coming on because you, were, you are a favorite in San Francisco. I got to hear you yes. multiple times then after we got to know each other, um, either with the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus or in other things that you performed in. But you, sure. were, you were a crowd favorite already. So um, to yeah. me, that's a, that's a challenge. And actually, that addresses that second question that we sometimes talk about is yes. what challenge have you faced that you can now have a real lens of gratitude? I think you're pretty grateful for that, huh?
2: I think it shaped everything in a way. It was so non-accidental. I don't believe in accidents. I believe in destiny. And mm. I, I, I know that was my path and I know it had to happen that way because, you know, I talk to all kinds of singers all the time that have stage fright still. I and mean, it's, it's one of those things that it doesn't necessarily go away. Ask Barbara Streisand, you know, it's a, right. uh, it's something that you might deal with for your lifetime. And it, it varies with each person, but, also what I learned from that situation, which I couldn't have learned any other way, is that all of the stories that we tell ourselves about how we can't do something, or uh, you know, I didn't warm up enough, oh, now it's going to be bad, or you know, I didn't drink enough water before I went on stage. What if I crack this note?" Or all of those fears that we have that we make up, we make those stories that that can be detrimental, self-sabotaging, Um, threads that we can follow into fear. We can follow them all the way into a really dark um, passage for ourselves. But that taught me that none of those things are really true. Mm. If, you know, we're not all dying of dehydration. Uh, Chances are I drank enough water that day. Um, Chances (laughs) are that I know how to sing when put to the test. Chances are that because I warmed up before every performance, even if it wasn't my own, that I was prepared and I taught myself that that day that even without a lot of um, planning beforehand and without a lot of information, I was missing you know quite a quite a bit of information about how to negotiate this this uh, wonderful happening, I still was able to do it, and I really learned a lot about the human spirit and about. Destiny, and when you're when push comes to shove, what can really happen? What can happen? Miraculous things yes. can happen if you're not telling yourself these stories.
1: Absolutely. And I had
2: no time to tell myself anything but get out,
1: <laughs> do it, you know? get dressed, it. put your hair on, get dressed and, dressed and do it.
2: <laughs> and do it, girl. Yeah. You know, no cage moment here. Where you know. We're not going to pull a Nathan Lane and say we're not going on. We have to
1: go. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Well, I, and I know again from having communicated with you uh, across the miles and and across your travels um, that your that moment and other subsequent moments of of really excellence um, have have perpetuated your career in, in that joy that you bring to the world. um, Can you update us about how you are finding time? Sometimes it's just hard to find time to have any sense of give back. Um, Can you find, can you share with (laughs) us how how you're
2: because (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I am finding time. What I do is I make um, some, some parts of my day are non-negotiable. What I do in the morning is get up, uh, shower, you know, use that steam to remind myself to breathe, you know, Mm -hmm. um, those kinds of things are very, uh, part and parcel for my daily life. I definitely meditate. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to do a series of stretches and make time for that. As far as other gratitude, um, what I have found has been the most helpful in outreach Mm -hmm. in my life, Mm -hmm. uh, because I don't necessarily stay in the same city right. and it's hard for me to find a, um, a systematic way to outreach toward others. But what I do is within each city, I will find, uh, a, to donate, I will find an organization that has something to do with the storyline of the opera that we're doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So like, let's say for an instance, I was in Houston uh, doing Zenta from The Flying Dutchman. Well, in the story of The Flying Dutchman, Zenta is rather uh, trapped in a small town where you're supposed to get married, and you're supposed to marry one of the scene you know, uh, fairers that comes home. Uh, you know, and it's it, it's it's um it's a life that has been prewritten Got for it. these women. So what I did was outreach to women's or children's, young girls' programs of interest. And I found a place called um, Girls Inc. Mm -hmm. of Houston. And what they do is educate lower-income young ladies on how to basically find a trade, how to get into um, extracurricular activities, how to themselves donate uh, and get them interested in other things than just dating too early uh, or maybe getting into trouble young. And so I I took that. It had something to do for me with the storyline of what we, you know, I don't want, I wanted to give to a group of young ladies that may feel that they had had they, their destiny had been pre-written. How
0: wonderful. And
2: so that's how I outreach these days is I, and it is actually create a creative process for me to, book and, and try to find who the next um, institution or group will be that I that I can help.
1: Oh, that's and beautiful. what I'll do
2: is make a donation in the name of the entire opera. And so often times it will actually link that uh, institution with the opera, which is fun.
1: Absolutely, uh, they
2: may not have known about the opera, right? So. It's kind of, um, it's an outreach that also draws attention to the art form. And I've really found it to be enriching and fun. And oftentimes I keep in touch with oh, uh, with the organizations and continue to donate as I come back to the city. So it's been really, that's something that I had to get creative with it, but I found a way.
1: Well, because you do travel uh, so much. And what, what I love yeah, about the the ripple effect of gratitude, right? You 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 find it for yourself and your inner circle and what's close to you, at home and at work, and then it really the the research shows this. Your life and work shows this. It ripples into other parts of the community, and it. it it ties a population of of young girls through Girls Inc. to like you say the art form. By simply having your association, when you're a headliner in town or you're among headliners and that's engaged with an organization like that, they get the natural benefit of that affinity and affiliation. So I am so thrilled to hear that. That's just a a wonderful gesture and way to support um, things that you love and, like you say, get creative. My friend, you know, we could talk for a long time and we need to again more often. But I just want to thank you for joining us today on Working Gratitude. For more episodes of Working Gratitude, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or visit our website at workinggratitude.com. Thank you again for joining us today.
0: Darren Hollingsworth has had a thriving career as a financial advisor, sales professional, senior fundraising professional, and nonprofit executive. Now, via business, success, and philanthropy coaching, Darren is passionate about helping successful executives realize and exceed their personal and professional potential. He helps business and nonprofit leaders find and confirm their passion, their inspiration, and motivation. This is accomplished through collaborative work based on gratitude, experience, encouragement, and accountability. As Darren says, surviving is not enough. Thriving is the goal. Additionally, Darren works with businesses, nonprofit organizations, and boards of directors to create new possibilities for transformational customer and donor relationships, organizational strategic visioning and governance, as well as continuity and succession planning. Via collaboration and consulting, Darren engages with clients to empower them to build upon strengths and face challenges with confidence and expertise. To hear more Working Gratitude and for information about Darren Hollingsworth and Odinata Coaching and Consulting, visit our website, odinatacoaching.com, or visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Odinata Coaching or search wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Working Gratitude. Working Gratitude, copyright Darren Hollingsworth and Odinata Coaching and Consulting, all rights reserved.